0: Before we get started today, I have a listener to thank for a donation. Lisa Jones-Moore donated $25 to us via PayPal. She also wrote us a really nice message, which I'm going to read for you now. Lisa writes, I love your and Ross's Messy Studio podcasts. These have really helped me to overcome some fairly dark moments and creative insecurities since the pandemic started. As a practicing visual artist painter, art instructor, and designer for most of my adult life, I am deeply grateful to hear that somehow we all have something in common. I have rediscovered passion and joy in my work. Much thanks to both of you. Uh, and you can find Lisa's website at uh, www.jonesmorestudioart.com. The spelling on that is uh, J-O-N-E-S-M-O-O-R-E, studioart, common spelling, dot com. So thank you so much to Lisa. We really appreciate you uh, listening and sharing the show and getting behind us financially. If you would like your own shout out on the Messy Studio Podcast, you can click the donate button at www.messystudiopodcast.com. It's a yellow button in the upper right hand corner that says donate. And there you can set up a single time donation or a recurring monthly donation for literally any amount. So that's www.messystudiopodcast.com. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about how others see us. We create our art and conduct our art careers mostly from within the bubble of our own point of view. But our reputations are important to our success, and they are defined by the way other people see us. From within our own perspectives, we can lose sight of how we come across to our colleagues, collectors, students, galleries, and others who define us in the outside world. Today, we will be talking about shaping your reputation as an artist and why it is important. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll.
1: Hello, everyone. Well, Ross and I were laughing before we decided to record this today because this particular episode has been, uh, it's sort of been jinxed for like, we've had like four times when we tried to pull this off.
0: Yeah, I think this is the fourth time we're recording this episode.
1: <laughs> and, and some of them were uh, technical glitches and some were our own difficulties in deciding how to talk about this. Uh, because we do come at it from slightly different perspectives. So you'll get both in this right. episode. And we
0: we butted heads a fair bit on this episode <laughs> and just kind of coming up with how we were going to approach it.
1: It's kind of, yeah, it's like the first time we've really done that. So so um, just letting you know that at the beginning. So <laughs> anyway, we are trying it one more time. And and I had to ask myself, why has it been so hard? And I came to the idea that it, it's just a reputation it's a pretty fraught topic. Um, it, it's kind of an intimidating I- idea, I guess, like what do other people think of me? And what I realized was it sort of triggers um, a lot of things that we went through when we were younger, when starting like an adolescence, really when we start to really wonder and worry about what other people think of us and, and going on into the insecurities of young adulthood and beyond and um, it's going through that time of life where your personal reputation, you know, who, who are you as a person? It seems like everything. And, and it is so dependent on what you think other people think about you. Like you feel very judged by your peers and maybe by other people in your life, maybe your family members, and it can leave this imprint on you. And so I, the very topic can be a little squirmy, you know, but we really want to talk about that. Um, and it, it gets back to this, I don't know, this early feeling of um, what parts of me are acceptable to other people? What parts of me are difficult for other people? Um, am I, you know, am I a conformist? Am I a rebel? Am I opinionated or am I kind of middle of the road? You know? <laughs> um, we Many of us even had say warnings or some sort of guilt imposed on us by parents, um, you know, what, what will other people think of you if you dress like that or whatever it is, or if you if you get in any kind of trouble, what, what will people think of you? And so it, it's kind of this um, early programming. Um, and we may have been asked to do things or encouraged to do things that someone else thought would be good for our image, our reputation, but that we ourselves had little interest in or even thought were not good ideas, maybe centering around um, our appearance or um, activities that we engaged in. Uh, as a, I remember my mother re- being really adamant that I should take tennis lessons when I was a kid, and I didn't have any interest in tennis, but I remember her telling me, Oh, but you want people to think of you as being well-rounded, and you want—you know—you want people to think of you as as not just being, you know, with your nose stuck in a book all the time, you know, this kind of thing. Like, okay, mom, I did take the tennis lessons, and I—I I never liked them, but um, anyway, this—you cons- <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't know this about me, Ross. <laughs>
0: well. So much of who you are is shaped by, by childhood trauma, you know, and we've kind of talked about that in the, in the past as well. Um, but, uh, but no, I was just laughing because tennis was, was one of the few sports that we did in, in like gym class in school that I was actually pretty good at. And, uh, and they, they put me into the, uh, into the, the half of the gym class, which were the kids who were kind of better and so that we could compete against each other and i i think that they actually tried to get us to you know sign up for you know the tennis team and and stuff wow. like that and i never did it
1: well you you had a brief you had a brief and shining reputation as a tennis star and i didn't even know it
0: yeah yeah. well it was something that you know i i enjoyed i th- you know it sounds weird but i think it might have come from from more of like table tennis like ping pong and because yeah. i played a lot of ping pong as a yeah, kid yeah we we
1: did that and yeah. uh
0: And, and so I had, you know, like this, I could kind of watch the ball and kind of know where it was going to go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I, but I was pretty good at tennis and, uh, I never pursued it. And now I, I work with somebody who has like tennis elbow and, and injuries as a result of playing tennis as a kid. And I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't, but (laughs) at the same time, it's, you know, Uh, I, I, it's something that I think I would probably enjoy on just a, uh, not, not so much like a competitive level, but just something to, you know, with your friends or whatever that, or, you know, pick a ball or something like that. But this is way off topic. It is Ross. I just thought it was interesting that you were, you were pushed (laughs) into this and, you know, and I had like almost the opposite experience with tennis. Like,
1: well, okay. Yeah. I mean, when we're young, we don't know exactly what we want and. Sometimes people, right. sometimes people push us into things that they think will bring us a good life or a good reputation. And art is one that honestly, people can be pushed away from by parents who, who don't like the reputation of having an artist in the family or think that if you're an artist, you're going to have a strange reputation throughout your life. And they do it uh, with all good intentions. But if it's not, right. if it's not something that's highly regarded within your circle of Friends and family, um, you know, it's it, it. You you may be going against all that in order to be an artist. So,
0: or if there's pressure on you as a kid to to pursue arts, it's the more kind of acceptable arts, right. than, than right. Being a painter, you know, it's it's your you're pursuing a musical instrument or you're
1: well, that's um, true, yeah. You know,
0: you're you're in all the school plays or something like that.
1: It is interesting how some forms are acceptable in terms of how people look at you, and others are not. <laughs> but in any case, this whole concept of reputation, I think it really, it it touches on our personality quirks, whatever they are, and we all have them. Uh, for some people, some people are people pleasers, I will admit to being one of those, having a need to be liked. Um, and so reputation is a pretty fraught topic, you know? <laughs> like, Oh, do people actually like me or not? Um, sometimes it's hard to know with the, from within your own bubble uh, what your reputation is. Some people, on the other hand, might have this uh, desire to have a more like a, a, a notorious reputation. Um, they want to be the center of attention, and maybe it's a little bit easier to gauge then if you if you've got that or not. <laughs> but but for a lot of people we don't even want to think that anyone has any opinion about us at all. I'm, I'm speaking as us because more extra introverted people have a hard time with the idea that other people are forming opinions of them. And a lot of artists are introverted. Um, and right. and in spite of being somewhat in the public eye, we also half the time want to crawl under a rock, you know? So it, I think that's why this whole thing is, is difficult, this idea of reputation. It has to do with our interactions with this creator world, with this outside world. And and we take this from our childhood into adulthood, into our careers, and into what we're doing. This idea of, I don't know, reputation is both you and it's not you. I mean, it's it's you in the sense that it should be authentic. I mean, we hope that it's authentic and it, it really is who we are. Um, but it's also not you because it depends completely on what other people see in you. And to some extent we control it. To some extent we don't. I mean, um, and it, 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 it's a little shaky sometimes to wonder what, how, how is this working for me or how is it not working for me? Um,
0: Right. And I often consider reputation be kind of like a caricature of you. Like, the kind that somebody draws in the mall, where you got kind of a big, funny nose, and they make your nose even bigger and funnier. Right. And uh, you know, so to me, reputation is your. If we're if we're thinking about it in terms of the way that we do have the ability to shape it, um, we our our desire should be to use our reputation to stand out from other people, and um, we want to take the aspects of ourselves that make us stand out. And accentuate them and make them more obvious, and uh, make us stand out further. And that that can be like a, a very scary thing, as you talked about with people who are more naturally introverted and and are terrified by the uh, the idea that anyone has any p- opinion at all of them. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and my, you know, when we were talking about this leading up to this episode, I I made the point that it's. The most important thing is that they have an opinion of you, whether it's good or bad, and and that you're you're in their mind and that they think of you.
1: Yeah, I think that's um, where I
0: and that was something that
1: that's where yeah, I freaked and that out, was something right? That you really pushed back
0: on me, yeah, because you, you're like, well, what are you saying? It's okay to be a jerk, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and so this is this is something where we've kind of had a, a little. Uh, back and forth. And, um, you know, in, in many ways, uh, I, I think I am kind of a jerk. And, um, you know, and it does make me stand out when I talk with colleagues and friends and ask them to be honest with me, because um, I, I think people that that little bit of a jerkiness to me makes people a little bit more comfortable telling me what they really think of me. Um, and what people typically say is that I'm radically honest. Um, and, um, I will tell you exactly what I think. Mm -hmm. And there are people that value that about me. And there are people that, um, you know, it comes off as harsh or, um, as, as, you know, confrontational in many instances. Right. Um, and that's an aspect of myself that does make me stand out. And, um, I don't really think it's to my benefit to, to flatten that out and to fade to allow myself to fade into the background. I think yeah. that that's something that gives me value as a person, even if some people are turned off by it.
1: Well, and the, the basic idea that, you know, reputation should be authentic. If I don't think there's any other way to handle it really, because you can't really fake it. I mean, over time it will come out who you are. So, um, if you have a tendency to be uh, radically honest, then, you know, it is part of you and people have to accept that. And, and then you have to kind of figure out how does that work with your business and how does that work with your relationships so that you don't chase people away, but you, you let them appreciate that, that side of you. I think for artists and in terms of the art world, whatever we have, whoever we are, you know, we have to figure out how we're going to navigate a lot of different situations that come at us um, and, and which ones can we curate a little bit, which ones can we uh, sand the rough edges off a little bit if we have them, and which, which ones are okay to be who we are and, and let that show. Um, so it, it in some ways gets down to at times maybe you need or want to sort of buck the system in the art world at least Um, other times you go along with that. And this, this comes in when you're dealing with getting your work out there, when you're um, dealing with galleries, with collectors and all kinds of things. Um, it affects how you deal with situations that you may not actually really agree with or consider important. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind is, uh, the way that the art world kind of functions, the, the what would you say, the conventions of the art world. You do this to have a good reputation. You do that to look professional. Um, some people don't want to play that game. And it's understandable um, if if it's authentically you to, to say, well, I'm not going to play that game, then you find some way to do that. and um, And you will, I think you do gain respect by being who you are.
0: Right. Well, and so many of these kind of personality aspects to ourselves are culturally dependent. So, um in certain situations something may be completely appropriate and something and in a different situation it may be it, it may come across as as a negative. Right. Um, and so like it, with my own example of my my personal kind of directness, I'll say. Um it, out on the East Coast, uh I would fit in with everyone else like it's culturally people are far more direct there in the midwest people are like what is with this guy
1: oh god yeah (laughs) midwestern nice is a is a is a cultural norm for sure and that you don't right you're always um being very tactful (laughs) as much as possible it's ingrained and I, I know exactly what you're saying. You can take somebody, even in our own country, take someone from one part of the country and put them in another part, and their their personalities may not work uh, with a lot of people. And um, it's, <laughs> I feel like as long as you're authentic and you're not hurting anyone, you can be yourself. If it if it becomes truly abrasive and difficult, you will hurt yourself in an art career because. Um, when you when you become a person that people just simply don't want to deal with that that does create a barrier yes you may be well known for being um, a difficult person but it's not necessarily going to bring you opportunities and doors opening up um, outside of a right. very a very maybe a very small um, group of people that admire that but well and
0: we did talk about separating different aspects of um, your reputation and uh, what, who you are personally, who you are as a uh, a professional, um, and uh, and separating out different aspects right. of your life and how you come across in those various contexts.
1: Right, and we we are we're all complex people. We all have you know these different aspects and and some amount of uh, curating is. <laughs> <laughs> Can be done. We do have some control. Um, I had included a quote in my notes from uh, Seth Godin, who is a uh, entrepreneur and author. And uh, the quote was: "The people we're most likely to want to trust and engage with are the ones who don't pose. They are consistent, committed, and clear, but they're not faking it. Figure out what you want to say, the change you seek to make, the story you want to tell, and then tell it." wholeheartedly and with intent. And I I kind of like this quote because it does emphasize the positive stuff, but it also says be authentic. Um, uh, you can, to some extent, shape your reputation um, choosing what you want to present to the world. Uh, and because... It's all. It's all part of you. If if you're if you if those things really are part of you, then it's just a an extension of who you are. As you said, sometimes a bit of a caricature. You know, you may you may end up overemphasizing something that um, that seems to work that that people appreciate and respond to. I think a lot of us that are um, more reticent personality wise have to do this. And I I feel it when I'm teaching, for example. I feel that during the time the the hours that i'm teaching i am i am sort of almost outside myself i'm projecting something that has that is very outgoing because i have to be to teach and then as soon as the class is over sometimes i just have to be alone for hours you know because it's taken a lot out of me to to project that which is part of me. I mean, I am. I can be very outgoing, and I and I absolutely care about what's going on in the classroom, but it can be very draining in that way. Um,
0: Real quick, I want to take a minute to mention a big change that's coming to Squeegee Press, to Rebecca's company. Squeegee Press is known for its award-winning book, videos, workshops, and tools, all created for artists working with cold wax medium. Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, have announced that later this month, Squeegee Press will become Cold Wax Academy and will soon include some exciting new membership features. As part of this change, their video Cold Wax Medium, a video workshop, will become available as streaming content for members only. This comprehensive video, nearly seven hours long, covers everything that Rebecca and Jerry teach in a five-day workshop and more. If you prefer to own the video, it's on sale at $250 off from now until the end of September when access will shift to streaming only. To purchase and for more information, please visit www.squeegeepress.com. That's S-Q-U-E-E-G-E-E-P-R-E-S-S dot com. And don't forget to join the mailing list for updates on all the new offerings from Cold Wax Academy. Back to the show.
1: So anyway, a certain amount of curating our image um, is important, but it's still based in our true selves. And and a lot of people can have, um, as I think you touched on, they can have a a public reputation as somebody who is uh, a bit eccentric or um, even outlandish in some way, and they can have a very good career because at the heart of it, they are trying to do the right things and they're, they're having good relationships with people uh, that said, you know, I think it's more important now than it used to be. There are a lot of artists in the past that have been written about as being very difficult people. I mean, Picasso comes to mind. um, And it's possible to, you know, look at his work or all these different people that had this it's sort of stereotype um, artistic personality as being, you know, really pretty difficult and not really caring about other people. And you can look at their artwork and say, oh, you know, I really like that and really get a lot out of it. And I, but I wouldn't want to, you know, have dinner with this person necessarily. So, uh,
0: why not? He can pay for it by drawing on a napkin.
1: What? Oh, Picasso. I said,
0: why, why not? He can pay for dinner by drawing on a napkin.
1: Well, that is very true. And I'm sure his dinner companions appreciated that. But maybe they also wanted to leave in the middle of the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's possible to really like someone's artwork without thinking of them personally. And this is, we're talking about the different aspects of reputation. Personal reputation can be one thing. Um
0: well, and there's also a reputation for the quality of, of your work. And that's something that is ultimately important.
1: That's very important. Uh, so so personality stuff aside, which possibly you can work around, um, your work does stand alone. And it it's what people see when they don't even know you, when they're in a gallery or something, or they see it online. Um, and we've done a lot of talking on the podcast about how to make your work work. Um, to bring out the best qualities in your work which is your reputation so your work is consistent it's well developed it shows growth it's not um like particularly uh, it's not a uh, derivative or looks like someone else's work and so it has a particular as the word you like to use brand or as that the word i like to use voice <laughs> it has a particular voice or brand that distinguishes you and and it is your reputation it's it can be recognized as you. Um, and so you can have that personal brand or voice can be things that are difficult. I mean, it could be you can make very provocative work or you could make very edgy work or very bold work. Um, and that's your voice. That's you. And, and that is completely part of the art world. I mean, you could definitely... Uh, do, be who you are. Be authentic in your work, and that—that's your reputation. the The reputations you want to avoid are the ones that are where you're you're repetitive or derivative, or you're you look like everyone else's work or something, and you're going to get you, know, you won't get the opportunities and the recognition that you would like to have in that case. So that's why you know the work itself is important. We all start somewhere. You're not going to get there overnight. Um, it takes time. One of the things I, I do advise people who are starting out is to recognize your status as a beginner uh, in terms of reputation. So um, trying to promote yourself as a well-developed artist when you are not um, is problematic. I mean, that that can kind of throw you off track as you're starting out, as you're presenting yourself to the world through galleries, through online stuff, through social media. Um You know, again, be honest, be authentic. I am a beginner. This is what I'm doing now. And that can be very interesting for people. But um, it's not posing as somebody who's had a lot of experience. Um, So I I just kind of put that slight um, thought out there for people that are starting out just to acknowledge um, who you are, where you are with your work. Because there's a lot of pressure to right away say, uh, oh, okay, I did you know, I've been working at this for six months and I'm ready now to start promoting my work. You may feel the economic pressure, you may feel pressure from your family or friends, get out there, start selling it. And I don't think it does your reputation as an artist any good because it you know one of those cliches about first impressions if if our first impression is um, this person is presenting themselves as a developed artist, but they're not. Uh, It it can be pretty damaging, and you have to work to overcome that. Um, I think in the personal sense, these beginning stages are absolutely fine to show your works. Uh, I'm learning, these are my works in progress, or a lot of people show works in progress at any stage, which are interesting to other people. Um, Social media is a whole topic. Like, how are you presenting yourself on social media? Um, And I, I do see people who seem to constantly be asking for praise, for input, for um, sort of not really standing on their own two feet very much. And and again, that can create a reputation of somebody who's insecure, um, again, curating aspects of ourselves, because we wouldn't be doing this work if we didn't have some sense of um, purpose and drive. And so I think those are the things to emphasize well, from the beginning, I mean, you want you want respect. You want some. You want to maintain your dignity, <laughs> um, and social media is not necessarily the place to bear your soul as an artist and say, "I think I'm terrible," etc. We all have those moments, but um, social media is your public face to a lot of people.
0: Yeah, well, it's okay to acknowledge your. Um, the places where you're kind of coming short in your own work. Overall, you want to project confidence in in what you're producing and in who you are, and that's that is very very difficult for a lot of people. Um, but it's uh, I think it's it's really essential um, to to really um, because if if people if if you don't seem confident in your work, then other people are not going to be confident in your work, and so much of what art is and the value that it has is the value that we create as artists in creating it and presenting it. And, um, you know, it's, if you're, if you're feeling like it's not your best work, um, then I would probably not be putting it out there. I would, I would just be holding it back and continue to work on it until you have the confidence level to, to put it out there to people. Yeah. Um, and, and, You know, it's there's there's a lot of opportunities in social media to kind of to show things in progress and give people a little bit of background on on who you are and what you're doing. Um, But if uh, if you're if you don't feel like a work is finished and you're not confident in it, um, then present it as something that's not finished. Say uh, another day in the studio. Here's a here's a half finished piece of work or something like that. And that doesn't. It doesn't lack confidence, but it lets people know that that this isn't a finished product.
1: I think that's a really good point, and and you can always show. I think it's a good thing to show people that you struggle and that you know this is not easy for any right. of us. People really appreciate that. Um, seeing that in other artists.
0: Well, and it allows people to connect with you on a personal level, and so much of what we're presenting in our reputation is. Um, it's it's something that people can identify with, and to to view you as as more than just kind of a name on a piece of paper, um, and that's that's really going to help them connect with your art in the long run.
1: Yeah, and it 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 all gets down to this kind of um, oh I don't know it's hard to pin down this kind of flavor of the way you present things that it kind of gets back to that stuff I was saying at the beginning that it can it can play on your insecurities and you can you know you can wonder well you know if i if i put up a work in progress or if i explain that i'm having a struggle will it change people's rep, uh my reputation or people's opinion and you know my feeling about it is if you if you have established a good reputation or a confident reputation uh yeah you can definitely um show these struggles and people will say yeah that's that's interesting, you know, that it, that's what it takes. It takes these failures, it takes these struggles. Um, and you can do it from a position of, of confidence. Um, if you do that a whole lot at the very beginning, and I'm not saying don't ever do it, it's fine. But if that's your main um, thing that you're projecting from the beginning, you know, it's, it's hard to come back from that, I think. If you, if you come at it from being very insecure and worried all the time. I won't say a lot of people do that, but I've definitely seen that on social media. And it, it kind of makes me cringe a little because I understand why somebody, where they're coming from, why they would say that. And yet, um, you know, think about over time what that's creating in people's minds of you as a person. And so um, the reputation is this squishy thing. We don't really know what it is because right. we're inside of it. Um, We don't even know when we're, maybe when we're doing things that aren't very helpful. (laughs) So anyway, not, I don't, I don't mean to be critical um, overall. I think most artists are doing the best they can with what they have uh, in terms of social media. And our audiences are different too. I mean, we know, we know more or less who's watching our Facebook stuff and that makes a difference. Um, So that kind of leads me into, the kind of the professional side of it, um, you know how you're presenting yourself to the art world, and we'll just say a bit about a bit about that before we wrap up here, because it, that's you know kind of what all this is leading to as well. Is is where is this all getting you, in terms of your career? Um, one of the first things I want to say is think about which of your roles as an artist you want to emphasize, and I bring this up because some of us do have different hats that we wear. We may be teachers. We may do our own work. Um, We may be working in some art-related field, like art therapy or something. So how to present yourself uh, in terms of the art that you do, if that's your main uh, consideration. And I think for a lot of artists, that is. I mean, our studio work is, is what we really want to be known for. And these other things are important, but Um, maybe they speak for themselves in different ways. If you have a good reputation as a teacher, it definitely speaks for itself in different ways. I mean, students talk, right? They tell each other what they think of different teachers. Um, So, you know, maybe you can kind of let that one play out on its own. Your reputation as an artist usually comes across in your website the way that you want to be seen. And Curating a website for the kind of image you want to create is really important, and we we have done a web uh, episode on websites before in the past, um, and it it involves issues like how sort of in, informal do you want to be, or how formal do you want to put everything on your website in your first name, um, which is very informal, or do you want a little distance to it. Um, Even things like the fonts you use, the colors, the layouts, all those things play into that kind of um, image of yourself. Now, here's where, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's aspects of the art world that you either sort of play the game or you don't. (laughs) You choose. And the the game in the art world is to present yourself very professionally. Um, You don't use your first name or talk about your hobbies on your website. I mean, it's it's meant to be very straightforward and um, if if you're not good with that and if you want to be more friendly on your website, then that's a choice and you can you can absolutely do that but kind of understanding what the game is and and how it does uh, view it affects how people view you when they look at your website uh, the kind of um, uh, things you put on your resume also do if you, you know, if you if you have been in twenty group shows and you list all twenty, uh, it's kind of mind numbing, and it looks like you're starting out because that's what people do when they're starting out, and maybe you are, and that's fine. But I would say curate those group shows and and say pick the five that are that were the most important and and put those down. So that sort of thing where you're shaping your image professionally um, is. <laughs> It's something a lot of people don't understand starting out. How would you? You're entering a profession where you probably haven't had much insight into until you're in it. And then you start to realize, oh, there's all these little conventions and things that people do and what's okay, what's not okay. <laughs> and I mean, I guess if you're confused and you're wondering about it, ask somebody who's who's been in that world for a while and can help you to uh, shape that image if that's what you want. Um,
0: I think online is a, a, a really good place to, to represent how what we're talking about with separating the personal from the professional and from the work itself. And your website really should be your professional face um, and just presenting the work itself in the highest quality presentation that you can. And the, the more personal aspects of your reputation should be saved for social media and interacting with people more directly.
1: Well, and you can separate the aspects of, say, Facebook by having a personal page with limited access and your professional page. Uh, if that's what you want to do, you absolutely can separate that out. Um, and, and really, that is the professional attitude. Is <laughs> you know, It's not about me. Right. Uh, although my story can be interesting and part of marketing, um, but my very personal life is not... That's not part of right. it. Yeah.
0: And I, I to me, I would separate it further, um, you know, because I, I think on social media, there is an opportunity to have something that's like a personal professional page um, where you're, you are presenting personal aspects of yourself, but for consumption by the outside world. And it's a place where you can interact with people who can't necessarily reach you on your on your private account.
1: Well that's and you, true. You
0: save that for friends and family, but you also have something that you can present to people and interact with people outside of that bubble.
1: Right. And that's kind of what we were touching on, where, you know, you may want to share some struggles and works in progress right. and all those things that that people find very interesting. Um,
0: your story is very important, and the way that people connect with you personally is very important to your success as an artist. And I, I don't want to, um, to discount that.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. It's just knowing where and when to do it. So, a website, which is like has the potential to be the highest level of professionalism in how you present yourself, Right. you can, you can be pretty strict about what you're going to put on there. Um, and then use social media for the other things,
0: right? And there is there is a section of your professional website that should have that those more personal things, and it's your about page. Um, I I feel very strongly that your about page should not just be a resume, a list oh, of right. accomplishments and shows and things. You should have a your origin story on your about page. You should talk about why you do this what motivates you um and there should be a a a story format there that um that talks about you as the hero overcoming struggles and to to become to become what you are today Hmm. and it's that's we connect with people through stories and um and through uh this this reputation that we're talking about and and so that is a place on your professional website where you can where you can put that and when people click on that about page they're hopefully they're going to have a connection with you as a human being because that i i really think that this is super important um for long-term success professionally
1: Hmm. i'm I'm trying to remember what's on my about page now (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, we can work on that. You're making
1: me very (laughs) self-conscious here. Um, You know, and I think there are different ways of doing that as well. I mean, you could tell your story in a way that was professional. You wouldn't say, you know, I wept and struggled over this particular problem. You know, (laughs) like you could just say, I was once, you know, I had a different career before I became an artist or something like that. I mean, and say what it was. That tells a lot in just kind of a, a more formal way, I guess. Uh, you can read between the right. lines, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, well,
0: and episode one of the messy studio. I, I'm not even sure if I want to send people back to listen to it because I think it was pretty rough. <laughs> but it, it was kind of your your origin story yeah. and your path to where you are today. And that's that's exactly what is going to allow people to connect with you. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before this episode about what your reputation is and and what your uh you know to use my my crass vernacular uh what your brand is and you know you're someone who um is defined by uh the fact that you have this life as both a a mother with a family who's raised two kids and a uh an artist and an entrepreneur who has traveled the world and and taught people these techniques that you developed And so you're you have these different aspects of who you are, you know, being an innovator and being, um, you know, somebody who who people aspire to be and still having a family life. And uh, which is something that a lot of people believe that they have to sacrifice in order to achieve what you have achieved. And so it's it gives people hope to to see someone who's, who's achieved both of those aspects of their life very successfully.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll have you rewrite my about page then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my. We'll, okay. we'll
0: put that into more of like a story format, but, <laughs> That's but that, scary. Is, that is what people, that is what people connect with about you. Um, and I, uh, you know, the, when we talk about the way that we present our reputation, the fact is that we are, we are human, we're multifaceted people and we have things that are positive and negative about us and there the the things that make us stand out are what's important. And if you think of any iconic individual um in in media, uh, anyone who's achieved a great level of success that's a household name, uh, you can rattle off positive and negative things about them. And these are things that everyone is, is very much aware of. And, and if somebody looks too perfect, um, we tend to distrust them. Um, we tend to uh, not necess- we, we assume that they're hiding something. If we see their flaws and we know who they are, um, we, we tend to connect with them. I, I often say that um, what we love about people is not what makes them perfect, it's what makes them flawed. and and we want to create that connection with other people through our work and so there's this process of developing a reputation is going to involve taking a hard look at yourself and picking out the the things that make you unique and you know whether good or bad and highlighting them
1: and you know it's so it's so difficult when you have um a personality, a a midwestern nice personality, that says I don't want to elevate myself. I don't want to brag about myself. I don't want to say right what some. I wouldn't say when you say what you said about me. I would I would not have said that. I mean that was kind of shocking. So it's like it's true, but it's it's not. I mean I'm just saying that is the kind of thing that it's very hard for a lot of people to put out there um to say right. this is who i am well
0: and and developing this this kind of this reputation and curating it may involve bringing in other people who know you who can be honest with you and say no here here's what makes you different you know here's here's what you need to be highlighting because this is what people are going to connect with
1: yeah and it gets back to what we said at the very beginning the reputation is how other people see you and you don't really know what that is from within your own little bubble, you don't really know. You have clues, but it's hard to formulate it, and it's hard to make it into a story, I think. Um, and if that's what it takes, yeah, getting some, some feedback. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's covered a lot of ground. I mean, there's other things we could say about your professional reputation, but we did do an episode early on about professionalism, about the kind of ways that you have to – Behave if you're going to be successful in certain areas of the art world um, that people expect of you, and if you can't be prompt and honest and carry through and all those things, it's going to be a, a problem. Um, and that that will open doors for you if if you're known as somebody who is easy to work with. Um, and if you're not easy to work with, um, I. I know from the inside of galleries that have dropped artists just because personality wise, they were too hard to deal with. They were always arguing and confronting and demanding and the sort of stereotype artists that we have in our brains. Uh, And that it just wasn't worth it for the gallery to put up with it. So, and I, I refer to galleries because that's a system I've been in. There are lots of other systems that, you know, would have the same, situation
0: i think yeah and that that level of professionalism um becomes actually more important outside of the gallery system because the gallery is um they they're acting as a uh, a representative a sales representative for your work and if that person is not present in the transaction then you have to be interacting with customers directly and um, yeah. customers are not likely to buy from you if they don't trust you and um, if they view you as uh, flaky or unreliable. Um, they're not likely to invest very much money in anything with you because they they have no idea whether they're going to receive what they bought receive it on time receive it in the condition that you presented it in Mm -hmm. um and when there's a lot of money on the line which there often is for um you know pieces of art um people are are unlikely to make that investment unless they have confidence in you professionally um so i i i don't i don't want to to discount that aspect of this either not at
1: all and it
0: having having that professionalism is very important
1: yeah absolutely and it takes work sometimes it's it's easier to let things slide it's easier to say oh well you know that doesn't matter that much and and actually it almost all matters (laughs) you have to you have to be on top of stuff and it's it's a big job
0: and i think we should say too that um if they if you're looking at your your at different aspects of your reputation and, and thinking Oh gosh, there's there's things here that need to be fixed. They absolutely can be. It's it's difficult, but um people do it all the time. People people go into completely different professions even um and develop new reputations. They they change from um they they undergo transformations and and this is something that is another thing that that is an opportunity to connect with people. Um to uh, display this transformation from somebody who is has a poor reputation, is unreliable, um, into you know, a professional with high quality work who has these various aspects of their personality that they embrace and highlight um, in order to to be unique and identifiable. Um, and uh, and if you're if you're looking at this and saying, you know, that's what I want and that's not where I'm at. It's, it's not something that can be changed overnight, but it is absolutely something that you can control. Well said. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Well,
1: I am actually laughing because looking at the, uh, the timer here, I see this is one of our longer episodes ever. And I think it's hilarious that we struggled so much to put this together. And yet we have managed to talk for quite some time and um and cover a lot of ground. It's it's one of those topics that can have a lot of offshoots. Um and I hope that we've, you know, provided some entertainment and enlightenment along the way. But anyway, what you just said at the end was was the thing that I wanted to say at the end was that uh, you know, reputations can be changed and um and you can take action against Anything that is a problem so far, you can you can figure it out and how to deal with it. Um, and in a lot of ways, it just goes gets down to being um, clear about what you want to be. And so you're not second-guessing yourself uh, and not beating yourself up about things that, that are a problem. But to say, I would like to be more reliable. I would like to be more on deadline and do it. You know, and, and it will change after a while. And you'll be dealing with different people maybe. And they'll see you in a whole new way uh, if, you're, if you are moving on and, and having new opportunities come to you. Uh, and I, I just think it's such a positive thing that could just keep growing better as you go on into the future.
0: Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccakroll.com and www.squeegeepress.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime,
1: embrace your creative space,
0: messy or otherwise.
1: Thanks everybody.